Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to Lifting the Rug. Um, I am on my own today, but I am very excited to have this opportunity to talk to you guys a little bit on this wonderful, beautiful Friday. I don't know about you, but it is absolutely gorgeous where I'm at. Um, so I hope everybody has a great weekend, but and I hope we're a big part of starting your weekend. It's a good kickoff. Um, so I just wanted to reflect a little bit, um, kind of catch everybody up. Uh, this last couple weeks have been kind of on and off. So we did some of our Lifting Liberty episodes. We're going to probably circle back to those if we find opportunities because it's a, you know, immigration is an ever-changing, ever-dynamic uh, political, social, uh, moral issue that we really, really, really dove into last week. So make sure to catch up on that. We also did some interviews the last couple of weeks and we had Sophia, our cousin on. She's kind of our She's kind of our uh, other host, I call her, because she's been on so often, so we love her. We love her input, and um, her political journey that she's going on is is very connected to what we're going to be talking about today, which is um, a little bit about our first ever episode for our new segment, and it is, we're going to be a little bit controversial, so get ready, buckle up a little bit, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a ride. Um, I hope you guys all stick with us. This, uh, as I kind of linked it a little bit a couple sentences ago with Sophia, her journey, political journey has overlapped with her moral and uh, religious journey and her relationship with Christ that she is trying to uphold. And it's, it's hard. And when there's all these political issues going on and you're having all these worldly problems where where does it kind of break off as like person of religion and a person of faith when do you what's our like let go stage like how do we learn to let go of these political issues what does that look like so I wanted to do something I wanted to to create something, create a segment that creates like a space where we could talk about politics and religion. That's not easy. So I thought of one of the first amendments and that is separation of church and state. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, you know, we say it all the time. We use it a lot in our everyday dialogue. What does that mean though? Like, does that mean we can't talk about religion and politics at the same time? Those are like the top two things that you just, you don't go, you don't go there for like family events. If you know, if it's like a new family member too, you just, you don't, you don't touch on it without controversy popping up. Why are those so, why do they butt heads so much if we purposefully put in the dialogue of the amendment? separation of church and state and creating sort of that curtain or that wall. Um, so we're going to dive into that today. We're going to we're gonna just talk about the origin of it um, and what does it mean? Where does it come from? Why do we need it in the first place? Do we have it still in this day and age? Do we truly have the separation of church and state? Um, and Or do you have to be one extreme or the other? Do you have to be extreme religious all the time, like rigorous, or can you, can you embed your religious values and your moral compass into your political views and allow yourself to surrender yourself to, uh, whatever you believe in 
and let that guide you in your political journey. And I think that's what Sophia is doing, and I really commend her for that, and I'm trying to get there too. So I think we're, I'm going to, it's a self-exploration thing. So I'm very, very excited to start this. It's going to be called, this is a very harsh word, but I couldn't think of anything else because it is, it hits so close to home based off of the content that I've decided to kind of dive into. And that, the segment's going to be called Lifting Persecution. Persecution is essentially being, you know, feeling less than because of your religious beliefs um or being physically or brutally treated in most in some third world countries you will be killed if you believe what you believe politically or religiously we're trying to we're trying to lift that in, in america that's our goal maybe that's why separation of church and state was established i don't know i don't really know the premise of it so i wanted to see how did America try to lift the persecution? What was their goal? How can I still practice freely my religion and talk about my politics without being persecuted? Um, because I feel sometimes that when you talk about religion, especially as a young person, there's taboo, there's persecution that ties into that. So I wanted to dive into that. I wanted to dive into, do other people think this? Am I just crazy? Do I feel like I'm in the spotlight here? Um, so what fueled this, po- this segment is what fueled this podcast, which if you've been listening is this internal anger of feeling and believing what we do. I believe I'm a Christian, so I believe in God and I believe in all of the principles of the Catholicism cause I'm a Catholic too. I believe in all that. So am I being persecuted for it internally? Even if you're not physically saying it. Are the actions that you are doing making me feel less than because of what I believe in? I'm a conservative, right? So I believe in these set of values of hard work. I believe in all of the conser- all. That's a blanket statement. I believe in most of the conservative views. I'm not an extremist, but I, I believe in it. But I also believe that people should be free to express what they express and and they should be able to talk to me about it. I should be able to talk to them about it. That dialogue should stay open. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the taboo aspect of things that I was kind of touching on a little bit ago. As a young person, to profess that you are a religious person, you are not cool anymore. That's how I feel. If I have like a group of friends and they're like super cool, whatever your definition of cool is. And if I was in high school, forget it. Like I would never say, oh my God, yeah, I'm a person of faith. I believe in God. I go to church every week. I didn't fit in already in high school. That would have been like a death sentence for me personally. So why do I feel the way that I feel about that? Where does that come from? Where's the premises of that? Why does the belief in God and going to church... Why does that need to be wiped away? And isn't it interesting that to be moral and to have integrity and a belief system is against the crowd? That is the most clear definition of persecution that there is. That's why we have the title. So our world is based off of immorality. And that's just sad. But there are a lot of conservatives that are Christians who go against that gradient. I'm proud to be a part of that group of people because... We're following what Jesus taught us, and it's not what you believe. It's not what maybe the the person next to me believes, but I believe it, and I'm proud of it, so I'm going to talk about it. Um, I'll also be digging into 
the phrase and what that means for other people, not just Christians, Buddhists, Muslims, Jewish, all of it. What, how do they believe they're being persecuted? Is it cool for them to be religious and proclaim? Are they, are they less nervous to talk about it? Um, and then hopefully we will be having a guest star who's actually um, in the missionary work and uses and kind of uses this, uh, this idea that it is uncool for, you know, they have people, this principle, this, the young people have this principle that it is just not cool to believe in God and have religious like backbone because it truly is my backbone. It's, it makes me unapologetically myself and I'm so proud to be that person. Um, so we're going to dig into that with hopefully a guest star. I can't say his name yet. It is a boy. I just released that. But um, he, he's going to be talking to us about how he's trying to reverse that dialogue, reverse that persecution on young children and young people and college level when the mind is most adaptable and the journey can really start as a young person and you can like follow this new path, a new relationship with God. And it doesn't have to stop you from involving yourself in politics. So we're going to talk a little bit about how those overlap. What this phrase, separation of church and state, is meant to do. It's not meant to divide. It's meant to conquer persecution. Um, So the origin of this, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, The first article I have, it's not really an article. It's more of just a web page. It's from uh, AmericansUnited.org for separation of church and state. And it talks literally about the history and origins of church-state separation. These are direct quotes. America's founders created a constitution that separated church and state, period. They believed that this was the best mechanism for protecting the rights of all. Their efforts have paid off handsomely. I love that word. Um, The United States enjoys unprecedented levels of religious liberty, expanding pluralism, and a high degree of interfaith harmony. None of this would have been possible without the wisdom of our fathers or of our founders. That's the end of the direct quote. I just want to like reflect a little bit on that because yes, we all live harmony, like we live in harmony, we live within an inter like compared to other countries, as I had said, and other nations, we do live in harmony compared to them. But what is this internal battle that people of faith have? Why does it exist? Because I know people that I've talked to that say it exists. If you believe in God, if you profess a faith of any faith, because I've, I've talked to people of multiple faiths, that you have to kind of live a double life almost if you want to fit in with certain crowds. So I think that that should be erased. And I think that our dialogue should change and our, the, this this idea that the four the founders had should be reevaluated. What are we actually doing to promote it, et cetera, et cetera? How can we get back to where we were? Um, another direct quote. This is interesting. This is like the last one I have, but it's pretty lengthy. Thomas Jefferson's Act for Establishing Religious Freedom was introduced in 1779, but did not become law until January 16th. 1786. The bill was an important milestone in the development of religious liberty and church-state separation in the United States. Scholars acknowledge it as important influence on the First Amendment prior to passage of the Act. Virginia had a system of state-established religion and mandatory support through church taxes for the American faith. 
The act ended that. The act ended that through church taxes or through that and guaranteed, sorry, guaranteed complete religious liberty for all. Interesting. Um, Continue on to the quote. Jefferson was so proud of the act that he considered it one of the most important accomplishments of his life. His grave marker at Monticello does not mention that Jefferson was president, but notes his authorship of Virginia Statute for Religious Freedom. That was hard to get through. End quote. It's just one of those things where like it's a never ending paragraph and I forget where I'm at. But interesting that he is the father of of making Americans feel like they have freedom to practice whatever religion they want to. He didn't identify himself as a person who was president or leader of the country. He wanted to be remembered for leading a freedom of religion. He didn't want to be remembered as just a political leader. He wanted to be remembered as a moral leader. So why don't we have leaders like that anymore? Where did they go? And if we do, why do they disappear so often? And how can we get them back so we can have this harmony of religions that they're talking about? Because religious liberty for all is a blanket term that exists but doesn't exist in America right now. Because like I said, we're so immoral, we're so social media based, we're so worldly, we're so like if you believe in something other than your phone and the principles of your phone and I'm just saying your phone because your phone has everything. It has your Bible on it too if you really wanted to download it. If you believe in anything other than like those worldly things, you're kind of looked down upon. You're kind of felt less than. So are we advancing or are we digressing in our political journey here? Like, what is really happening? How did Thomas Jefferson, how was he so ahead of his time? And how are we so behind when it comes to this kind of stuff? Something to think about, something about, something to reflect. So I came with this next part here and how it translates today, that that term separation of church and state, how a Christian person sees it. Um, so her name's Mia Nelson. And it, this comes from libertychampion.org, which is a Liberty University um, newspaper. Uh, she had a great opinion piece that sort of dissects what separation of church and state means today in the light of today's heavily saturated political world um, and light Christian um, slash other religions and their influence on the world, which I think if we had more of that would be a little bit of a better place. Actually, it would be a whole lot better of a place, but that's just me. We're kind of like putting push to the side. We need to be pushed to the forefront here and be like, okay, guys, we need a little bit of a moral compass. We got to we gotta get our stuff together here. This was posted pretty, pretty recently, so I was excited to find it. Uh, May 22nd, 2021. This is a direct quote. Often people interpret Thomas Jefferson's use of the phrase separation of church and state to mean that religion shouldn't influence one's political decisions or that religion shouldn't impact the views of those in office end quote. Interesting. So we're seeing an overlap, but we, we can't see an overlap. So people are assuming that this is not overlapped. It, it simply is church and state. We don't talk about religion. We don't use religion. Interesting though, because we start um, meetings and Senate, you know, 
different things in the Senate, different things in government, you will notice that there's a prayer that happens in big government kind of things. Why does a prayer happen? Why does a prayer happen when like some meeting is going on and if there's truly that separation of church and state? Why a prayer? Hmm. Interesting. Think about that. Direct quote, for Christians to be bold in their values and dispute the idea that religion shouldn't play a role in politics, we need to get one thing straight. The real meaning of separation of church and state. The metaphor of a wall separation was not intended to say that religion should not influence opinion on government issues. Rather, it was issued to affirm free religious practice for citizens. So that's the end of the quote. Think about that. Again, we're talking about if I am a person of faith, does that mean that I shouldn't use that the fuel of my religious beliefs and um, just my personal moral compass as a way to run for politics? So that's an overlap that could get a little bit hairy, right? It's an overlap that could you then you could be imposing the opposite of the freedom of religion thing. So maybe because you have those those um, religious beliefs, you're gonna people assume you're gonna try to push them onto them. Everybody believe in what I believe in. End of story. My way is the best way. Stop. Full stop. No, that is not the case. I we're talking about pol- politicians being the the new top. The new founded Thomas Jefferson's, we need these people back because he did not identify as a political hero. He identified as a religious hero, a person that believed in the moral compass, a person that believed in core values. Whatever your religious beliefs were, he supported you. He supported your, your, your right to freely practice your religion, period. That's what he identified himself as. He did not say, I'm Christian, so I am the father of uh, religious beliefs, and I, you know, demand everybody to freely practice their religion, but make sure to use these Christian values as, you know, the forefront of your mind, so when you freely practice your religion, you remember that I did it for you, and that's what a politician would say today. They'd twist it, and try to make you believe what they believe. And it would be so corrupt. And that's how politics are so corrupt today. We need to get back to our grassroots of Thomas Jefferson when he made this. Why did he make this? How did he make this? What was he thinking? Who was he thinking of? Would he ever think that we would get so corrupt so fast? Within the last couple decades, we have gotten the most corrupt that we ever got. Because of technology. Um... So I'm going to go back to the article because then I'll just go on a tangent. I want to stay on track here. Direct quote. Um, Still with uh, the same article, libertychampion.org. With this in mind, Christians should have courage to be bold in their faith. This means being a pillar of light in the spheres of influence God has entrusted them with and allow the truth of the Bible to guide their daily and political decision-making. The wall of separation is to keep the government from influencing our religious practice, not to keep our personal religious values separate from who we vote for and what issues we stand for and against, end quote. So it's an, it's an, it's an overlap 
that we don't we don't want influence we don't want politicians influencing what we believe but we want them to be a person that's strong in what they believe and as proud to believe in what they believe in and when you have that faith and you have that strength in what you believe in and who you are you will move mountains you your actions will be insane it doesn't matter if you're christian it doesn't matter if you're jewish it doesn't matter if you're buddhist it doesn't matter if you're muslim it doesn't matter if you're non-denominational it doesn't matter if you're protestant Whatever you are, if you show your voters that you have this courage and this like bold ownership of what you believe in and you say, I'm this, I believe in it, and you practice what you preach, I can promise you I've seen it. I've seen people who have led and have led with faith in someone other than themselves and they move mountains. Their actions are insane. It's it's miraculous. So I would be drawn to vote for the person who is unapologetically themselves and uses separation of church and state to influence the way that they freely practice their religion and say and not use it to corrupt, but use it to inspire um, and use it to make actual actions happen. So another direct quote, in a country that is inching closer and closer to post-modernity and during a time where division tends to define our country, we need the message of Christ more than ever, and we need bold and kind Christ followers to keep the faith and fight the good fight. Remember what you believe and why you defend liberty and do it with a smile. The great thing about eternal truth that's always true be a wisdom, joyful, happy warrior. It's a powerful thing, end quote. I'm just going to leave it there because I'm going to kind of backtrack a little bit. The Christ part, you don't have to believe in Christ. You can believe in whatever you believe in, but do it with integrity. Do it for liberty, for the for Thomas Jefferson's original thought process, original stance. Do it because you believe in this country and you believe in yourself. And you believe in the people that are going to follow you. And you believe that it's they're going to be the right people because you have this higher power thinking that takes a lot of courage to have these days. And do it with integrity. Do it because you love yourself. You love your faith. You love your people that you're going to represent, right? And as a person right now, I am not, I have no intention of running for office, but um, I'm going to look a little bit more critically at my leaders and really think about, have they followed through? Are they religious? Do they claim to be religious in any capacity? I don't care what religion you are. Do you claim to have a belief system? How genuine are you on that? How genuine are you on your follow through? That tells a lot about a character and integrity of the person, and it'll help this world become so much better. The corruptness is astounding. The persecution is not spoken, but it is written. So our phones are the new, the new punching bags. They're the new way of punching someone in the gut for believing what they believe in. Because if I posted a Bible quote right now, I'd be, you know, some of my friends may be like, what just happened? Like, what are you doing? Or like, not my friends, but like people out there would just be like, what is she trying to do? Who is she trying to prove? Um, if I did something on social media that, like, first of all, I would never because it's not 
cool to flaunt your faith. You're supposed to just believe in your faith and own it on your own terms. But if you're doing something that's more public and you want to talk about your faith, you should be able to do that without being afraid of the persecution that's going to come back to you. It's going to be like, it's going to be like this punching bag effect literally where it's going to bounce back and it's going to hit you so hard. And I don't want people to feel that way. So I want you to know that if you are that person that feels like I do, you are not alone. Um, and there are people out there. I just proved it. (laughs) There's a whole freaking college and there's a whole movement out there for these people that want moral leaders and can't obtain, we can't obtain them. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Again, hopefully next week we will have a new guest with us. Um, if you have any suggestions, if you want to talk about your faith and um, any persecution that you feel like you had, or if you feel like you have been led the right way by someone who is the opposite of what we have right now as corrupt leaders, please forward me, um, forward lifting the rug at Instagram, on Instagram, DM us, message us, um, contact me directly, Miranda DePasquale, Alessia DePasquale. We will take any messages that you have for us, any suggestions. This is a very, very controversial, touchy subject, but we are not afraid to dive into it because it's too important not to. So we encourage you to reflect this week Reflection is key. Reflect how you may have felt persecuted, how you maybe have grown up with a religion but have like let it go because it wasn't cool to practice it anymore. Why did you really leave it? Why did you really draw away from it? Was it because of time or was it because of this internal battle with yourself that you weren't going to fit in? So uh, we're here for you. We love you all. We thank you all for your listening ears. And we will see you next week. Thank you so much and have a great weekend and a great rest of your week. Bye.